the Numb Bills Fan Podcast for December 7th, 2015. I am Numb Bills Fan. That is Numb Bills Fan Adam D. Say hello. Hello. That's our names on Twitter. That's our names on Twitter, but I'm really Dave. That's really Adam. And this podcast is brought to you by NumbBillsFan.com. Yes. Yes, it is. The finest of all internet sites. The finest. If you want a little prick under your lip to feel good, numbillsfan.com, where you get all of our great content. It's very safe and transfers great from mobile to desktop. It's an awesome place to get your numbillsfan.com content on numbillsfan.com. Why do I say all your numbillsfan.com content? Because it's everything we have up there from the numbillsfan. After you, Adam. Yo, high five. That was awesome, dude. Nice yeah, job with that. Yeah, see? We we can do this stuff. Let us know. Um, Today's happy Monday. Today's a very happy Monday. It's been a while. It's been a while. The Patriots kicked the shit out of the Bills. In the groin. A little bit, you know. Really didn't feel good after that Patriots game. We felt like we had them on the ropes and just things all come to fruition. And then we lose a... Very important tiebreaker game, possibly schedule to schedule with the Kansas City Chiefs. And we're thinking, where's our team going to be against the Texans? We're on a four-game win streak. Yeah, super, super hype defense. Those guys kill it. I was I was nervous going into this game. I, I don't like to be that negative guy, but to me, this was the most challenging looking game on that remaining schedule. JJ Watt is like Biff. Okay. From back to the future. He is there just to terrorize and wreak havoc. And Greg Roman in the offense, in in the offensive line and Cromer, the offensive line coach, they just crushed an amazing game plan and Richie Incognito said they've never prepped more he's never had that in depth of a of a game plan you know to 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 counter somebody like that which is incredible and the fact that they proved us wrong that defense stepped up when it needed to in the second half and the first half the Bills offense stepped up with 21 points going into halftime we didn't think that was going to happen. We thought J.J. Watt was going to throw Tyrod Taylor from sideline to sideline. We thought everything was going to just fall out. No Carlos Williams going into the game. Mario Williams, you weren't really sure if he was going to play, but they said he was. I mean, pretty crazy. Yeah, you know, it was just a wild game all around because when they went into halftime, they had the lead. And I even even then I was like, well, after last week, I better not get my hopes up. There's a lot of football left. And then they came back and tied. I was like, oh no, oh no, ship sinking, ship sinking. Nope, I was wrong. And when they're having like a couple brain farts, like Robert Woods catch out of bounds, which I think was a catch, and then he stopped. Especially if you watch it at home in slow motion. Um, it was- I actually thought he was out. Really. For for once in my life, I will admit, I mean, I didn't want him to be out. And I, I absolutely wanted him to be in, but watching it on TV a couple of times, it it looked like his foot was just over the line. Well, sometimes you got your rooting spirit going. So for me, in the stadium, I want that to be a catch. And then what's ironic is dude catches ball on the Texans. I don't even know what number. And, and he, like, hits the ground and the ball comes flying out in the first quarter. And it was called a catch. And what's ironic is I go on Twitter. Somehow I had signal go on Twitter. And I look and Mike Pereira is talking about he explains the rule that you have to survive the ground, essentially. 
and that this call in a Chicago San Francisco game was actually correct because of that. And it was like the complete opposite call of what what happened against the Bills, meaning the Chicago refs would have got the Bills fan side of things correct. I know I'm confusing everybody, but it's the whole what's a catch, what isn't a catch. It's two different crews. The Bills game, that crew thought it wasn't a catch because the ball, or it was a catch because he was down by contact. And the other game, it seemed like he survived the ground and the ball went off. That is not a catch. You know, it's like, I don't feel like the refs definitely screwed the Bills any as bad, but it doesn't seem like the Bills catch many breaks. Like, Sammy Watkins' great catch in the middle of the field. It was thrown up there. There was some baloney holding call. The defensive lineman was already falling over himself. And at least that's the replay we saw in the stadium. I don't know what you saw at home. But other than that, I thought the Bills had a pretty pretty decent job on the Zebras. They only had five penalties. Yeah, five penalties for 42 yards. Huge improvement over some other stuff we've seen earlier this year. And the Texans' um, penalties came to bite them in the ass. Yeah, yeah um, definitely caught up with them. So, there was a lot of really interesting things about this game, though. Um, one of the things that I, I thought was the most intriguing, Rex mentioned it during his uh, his lunchtime presser today, was they gave up zero punt return yards. Wow. that that That's huge, because special teams was struggling last last month or so. Field position was not... Not friendly to the Bills. And they really turned that around. How did you feel about Thigpen? Was that, was that, now we didn't really get a replay. Was that really a hold on Ron Brooks or no? Yes. Yes, so that was a good call? Yes. I I think the uh, the officiating crew with a couple of exceptions, the big one that you are. I felt there was, there was definitely one penalty that was garbage uh, that, that got the Texans a touchdown. On that drive, mm. on a third down. Yeah, you know, and then the push off from Hopkins, which I think is just savvy. That's a vet move right there, and you know, for being so young, that's very, very savvy, very slick. Yeah, it's it's one of those ones where I'm almost I'm almost glad that they let him play, though. You know what I mean? I feel like I feel like there were a lot of spots where things could have come out. Flags could have flown, and they let they let stuff go. Because, you know. Yeah, I, I thought it was I thought it was all right. Yeah, I, I really wasn't. It was that bad. it was some of the better officiating I've seen this year. wasn't That's not saying much. Um. So yeah, the bills the bills come out of this thirty twenty one. Great day for our offense. Tyrod Taylor, you are the mother effing man. Yeah, four touchdowns, one rushing, three passing, and he's got 20 total touchdowns all year. Yeah. Uh, like, he's responsible for 20. I believe three rushing. Maybe four rushing. Four rushing. Four rushing. And, uh... and, and nobody talks about that, really. I mean... He's played nine games, and he has 20 touchdowns. That's a little bit more than two touchdowns a game, which is pretty sweet. Right, and uh, he's actually fourth in the league in passing efficiency right now, uh, touchdown, touchdowns to interceptions. Only four interceptions all year. And the only guys ahead of him right now are uh, Rodgers, Brady, and Alex Smith. Which are guys that really don't turn over the ball. Yeah. And if you think about it, too, Tyrod Taylor Taylor has set the franchise record for most passes thrown without an interception. Now, granted, he's he's not here to throw a bunch of inter. He's not here to throw a bunch of balls. Rex has been preaching it this week, saying, you know, statistically we're great if we don't have to throw the ball thirty times a game, and I am fine with it. Right. And you know they won with only thirteen first downs. Yeah, he had he had one of his lower completion percentages of the season. He was only hitting uh, fifty two point four yesterday, but he still came out of the game with a hundred and twenty seven point two rating. 
in 11 completions and three of them are touchdowns. You you can't okay, beat that. Dog. I mean, okay, dog. Do you want to rant, do you want to go on more about Tyrod or can we talk about I, I really want to talk about the offense right now. Like because I, I mean, I'm pumped. There there's so much good stuff going on all over the place. So so, so here here's who, who do you want to rub next? Like the, the the next nuts to rub, I really think the whole nut rub has to go to really the offensive coordinator Greg Roman because the way that the communication went down, there was a lot more motion on the offense in this game. A lot of guys moving around the field, and what they did is they came up with a very divisive, working, successful plan to essentially neutralize J.J. Watt. He had two tackles. Now, if I'm not mistaken, those might be both tackles for loss, yeah. but I mean, which is pretty damn good. To have two tackles for loss in the game is incredible, and he did have a sack that was negated by penalties, but let's face it. I did not want to say it in the first half. I did not want to jinx it to anybody, but where the hell was J.J. Watt all game? He was he was out there, but, I mean, not contributing on the same level that you, you think of with J.J. Watt. Um, I'm going to drop that super, super sweet little thing I read on Twitter today. Shout out to Pro Football Focus for dropping this. Um. The Bills were actually the first team since week nine of 2011 that J.J. Watt didn't get a a quarterback hit or sack against. Okay, not bad. Not bad for having a couple uh, starters out on that offensive line. I mean, really, I'm impressed. Give it, give credit to Cromer too. Yeah, Aaron Cromer, the offensive line coach. You got Craig Urbic, who I think has been solid, a solid guy. I felt under Chan Gailey, the right guard, Craig Urbic. I felt he was serviceable. Do I know the numbers? Do I know I could be totally wrong? Somebody could slap me with stats. But as a fan watching it, I never felt, what the hell's going on? Oh, he said I could slap you with stats, so I, I grabbed my notebook. F- Jesus. I really thought I was going to get hit. I thought a bird was coming in. Holy shit. Anyways, just Craig Urbic, I, I thought under the Chang regime, he was solid, man. It was a waiver wire pickup from Doug Whaley and Buddy Nix, really, at the time from the Steelers and and Urbic has been serviceable and, and the whole offensive line went went under uh did, did not look good at all actually I should say regressed under Doug Marone and drink for the Doug Marone drinking game just once and Craig Urbic has been consistent I feel under the new staff and, and sometimes it's it's not what you want but Overall, I feel like he's solid. You know, Eric Wood has played with the guy for a long time, and I felt like he put in a solid performance. And then they had the backup right tackle, who they picked up off waivers this year, yeah. who was supposed to pretty much make J.J. Watt look like three Roddy Whites. That's how many sacks he's going to get. And, geez, to hold J.J. Watt back? Yeah, great job with that. And, it's not like they avoided that side of the field either. Uh, they had that that running back they just brought in there too, um, Mike Gillespie. He he broke off a huge run on that side of the field. You know, they set that edge and he took off. It's Gillison, I think. And and, and by the way, how 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 patient did he Gillisley. look? Gillislee, G I L L I S L E E. Yes. Gillislee. Gillislee. Okay. Gotcha, bud. So. That guy, I was like, who the hell's – oh, that must be the guy they promoted, who, by the way, had 1,000 yards his senior year with the Florida Gators. Did you know that? Oh, I didn't catch that, no. Oh, oh your boy no, I thought I was a stat. I thought I was a stat guy. Well, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. He broke off that nice 30-yard 30 30 yard run, though. I was, I'm impressed. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but again, that was also to the right side. Yeah. Where you have your backup Jordan Mills playing, and Jordan Mills – was with Aaron Cromer in Chicago, and he started 29 games for the Bears. And, you know, the scouting report with him against J.J. Watt was pretty damn bad. Uh, at least, like, it was supposed to be pretty bad going up against a guy that caliber. So, I, I don't know. I, I feel like a lot of times I saw Felton in there a lot. Felton got – didn't seem like – the fullback Felton got a lot of playing time. I saw him yeah. on the field a lot, and he's been vocal lately about you know his role and you know the Buffalo News 
had an article, I believe it was Tyler Dunn who wrote it, pretty much saying like, yeah, you know, I'm going for my degree, I'm kind of bored, and yeah, I thought my role in the offense would be bigger, yada, 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 yada. But when you lead the league in three and outs, Felton knows, and I know that's how the article was painted, and that could be how Jerome really feels. But either way, if you're leading the league in three and outs, guess what? You're not going to have as much opportunity, and that goes for every player on the field. I'm glad you brought that up, though. That's actually another place where the Bills really got it together yesterday. They only had four three-and-out drives. Wow. Man, that's I think that's the lowest all season. Seen, did you notice they adjusted to wherever J.J. Watt was? I'm sure you could see it on film, but just thinking about all the motion, it just makes sense because they had because they had Mulligan in there. Yeah, and they I was going to say the packages, the packages you saw in there, Greg was out there, like you said, Felton. And I feel Mulligan. like a lot of the motion was, all right, you know what? Um, what, what? They would show one look and then sometimes end up in like a trip set, like, like three receivers on one side. And I'm like, oh, wow, like these motions and – it's kind of cool watching them go out there in, in one set and then change it up and then watch the adjustments. And then Tyrod's like, all right, dude, you know, I see where J.J. Watt is or player X and then really make adjust accordingly. I like that. You know what I mean? They really clearly wanted to have a bunch of different packages. And I love that they developed and put on film really great execution of the Wildcat. Yeah, and the variations out of that, and and that flea flicker was so cool, even though it was an awful throw. Yeah, it, it, you know, hey, I'd rather have that than a pick, but um, it was really really cool to see it actually being executed. And the thing is, they haven't really shown that on film much. No, and they executed it. They really executed. Yeah, I was flipping out at home. I was like, oh my god, Tyrod's out wide. Oh my god. <laughs> oh yeah, I, was- I thought it was. And Thigpen was in on one, too. And yep. what I'm wondering is if maybe Thigpen was brought back because the running back, it kind of hit me today. Maybe Thigpen was also brought back because they could run different packages with Thigpen because he's played running back before as well when he was at Miami. And I don't know if he's good or not at running back. I mean, for the Bills, statistically, when he had the ball in preseason or whatever, filling in, he didn't really do too great. But no. It, it's kind of nice. Maybe they wanted that a guy like that to run that that offense with them at running back. You know, instead of having another wide receiver who is not familiar with playing that position. So it's kind of nice to see the impact even Thigpen being back has had. He had a great return, negated by a holding call. But I, I'm just waiting for him to bust out. But with, with the offense in general, I just thought. There's so many more wrinkles that are being shown, and they were rolling, man. Run, yeah. run, run. They ran all the way down the field, uh, I believe 58 yards, and then they th- or 55 yards, and then they threw the three-yard pass to Sammy Watkins. Does it not? And immediately he's looking, Tyrod Taylor from the three-yard line is immediately looking at Sammy Watkins. It's just like, yes, yes. Oh, yeah, it's like, yes. I'm that Bills fan that plays Tyrod and Sammy in fantasy. No Me matter, too. No matter Me too. what. I was just like, Me yeah, too. yeah, that's what I'm talking about. But LaShawn McCoy just gets small. That kid is just – I can't believe LaShawn McCoy plays for the Bills. I, it, it, It's finally hitting me like, holy yeah. shit, LaShawn McCoy plays for the Bills. How does this guy get traded for? How is that e- even – possible he runs for 112 yards on 21 carries and for you math cards out there that's five yards a carry yeah 5.3 you know so that's awesome and he just makes something out of nothing now i feel in the second i mean he was he's hurt and he's still on on track for a thousand yard season you know i hope he gets that oh unless unless something happens that's the word. That's that's what I'm knocking on. Um, unless something happens, I'm confident he'll hit that. The way he's been playing, you know he's hungry going, going against. The he Eagles probably has that whole offense right now together. That whole team talent. He's leaking. He's probably in the coaches' room with the with the coaches to game plan for this. This is what the Eagles like to do. This is what's going to happen. We'll get into that on Thursday's podcast, but 
Man, I can't. LaShawn McCoy's stepping up. Yeah. And for all you math nerds out there, too, here's here's something that just kind of pops out at me when I look at his stat sheet. Weird coincidence. All three games he's had over 100 yards rushing, he's had exactly 112 yards rushing. No. Have a look for yourself, Dave. Wow. Yeah. I don't know. I'm a, I'm a numbers nerd. I like I like stuff like that. He sees trends. You should invest your money in Adam Deacon for the stock. Actually, he does not have stock options. I will I will do your taxes. I will wash your windows. No job too big, no job too small. I do it all. Good job. Yeah. Good plug. Good plug. That was that was solid. Sammy Watkins caught some some bombs. You know, I ain't going to complain about the targets. But, again, Tyrod Taylor didn't throw many balls. So, Tyrod Taylor's deep ball better go up in Madden. Jesus. I mean, seriously, it's pissing me off. EA Sports, we know you're listening. Step your game up, son. What are you doing? What are you doing? But for you Madden heads out there, I got this thing called YouTube. Don't know if you know what it is. So I'm trying to find out some money Madden plays. So here's my money tip for you. All right. I form ace twins. Okay. There's going to be a little halfback pitch thing. Not the big loop-de-loo around like a U. But it's where the fullback kind of leads the way. And then you run by him. It's not like a huge pitch. And what you could do is. Whatever's less filled with dudes, if you count helmet for helmet on the other guys, if you block, you just flip. Hats, like Rex would say. As Rex would say, hats. You just flip the play with your right stick on whatever system you're on, the Xbox One or the PS4. You flip it to whatever way you want to run, and if you run towards the receiver side, it's great because they act like blockers, like a screen, and I have not had any tackles for loss against me. And I am on a four-game Madden streak. And I really don't use Tyrod as much. But then you audible out of that same formation and some slants. You see Tyrod to Sammy Watkins, it's over. It's over. And Sammy Watkins, if you time it right, he catches everything. <coughs> Just about everything. But a little pro tip with using Tyrod Taylor, take that stick. If you're looking for a sideline pass, like a, a fade route, take that stick and make sure you angle it into a direction like forward ahead of him or back because what's going to happen he's just going to throw it out of bounds ea sports get your head out of your ass and fix that because that ain't true when he is the number four ranked quarterback in the damn nfl boost up those stats oh and pay us for talking about your product all the time that would be fantastic yeah i see all these fake advertisements in their damn games Put us in there. We're real. Yeah. I made the creative coach a couple years back. Just pop them in. Look me up on there. I'd say my name, but it's not eh, It's not for for all ages. All right, back on track. Where do you want to go, man? I thought that offense in the first half was great. I want to go to that place around the corner with the 50-cent wings. Oh. Jeremiah's, if you're listening, love you. But I, I thought the offense in the first half was unstoppable. To get back on the offense, offense was unstoppable. Yeah, I, the timing was huge, incredible. I mean, huge improvement on third down. They were 8 of eight 16 on third down. That's 50%. I like it. They were, they were what, last or second to last in third, in third down percentage? Oh, I mean, it makes sense that they lead the yeah. league in three and outs. Yeah. Um Oh, yeah, Tyrod had that little milestone yesterday, too. What was the milestone? He broke Drew Bledsoe's franchise record for most consecutive passes without without an interception. That was 177, and that was uh, back in Bledsoe's first year in Buffalo, 2002, I believe. Pretty long-standing record. It says a lot. That says a lot about him because you, we Careful were hoping with that ball. I like that. I like that in a quarterback. We were hoping to get a game manager at best, somebody with some dynamic. He can use his feet. And man, Ty, Tyrod Taylor, he and he's so slick. 
And my favorite part about him is, is in the open field. He just, you think he's going to get tackled for loss, and he just, he's just putting moves on guys. I mean, Wilkerson is his worst enemy. It, you know, it's his biggest enemy on the Jets. You know, he had Tyrod's number that whole game. But other than that, I mean, he's shaking and baking, and he's getting six yards of run. I, every time he runs, it's at least six yards. And he, he missed a throw to Robert Woods. Robert Woods slipped. And you could tell he was mad because watching the game at the, at, at the stadium, you could see how much open field he had to get the first down. And that's when we had the Carpenter miss field goal. Yeah. So Ooh, don't get me started, Dave. So, you know, going into the second half, the first half was, was great, man. Sammy Watkins was big. Chris Hogan's touchdown, I believe, was that half, too. Or, or Robert, Robert Woods. Woods. That was a well-timed touchdown. That was a nice Tyrod's touchdown was tight. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean. He had the little hotline bling dance going. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Booby Dixon did tell him it needs a little work. <laughs> but... Hey, it is what it is. He's trying, and a guy like that, it's nice to see him celebrate a little bit because he's so well reserved and he keeps it pro. He doesn't give you too much. He's not gonna. He's not like Rex. You know what I mean? He's more of a reserved guy, and he doesn't. He's smart enough to not put himself out there. He never has. And if you watch videos of him, interviews with him as a kid, and in college, and and he's just so cool and collective and, and calm. And something you want in a guy, you want to, you you want to have a guy, who is, is just really cool and collective, and he's the number one rated quarterback in the fourth quarter, like he's disgusting, and he could take over and change your game. Now I'm pretty sure when when Fitzpatrick was in Buffalo, he was the thirty uh, second rated. Was he? <laughs> rated quarterback. Well, I mean, the there's always quarter. that interception which you can count on by Fitz, but. No, I'm not. I'm not joking. I'm pretty sure he was dead last really? in the league. Yeah. Wow. Wow. But with Tyrod, you, you got a different dynamic, and a lot of his criticisms is he's only reading half the field. And I thought this game, he looked a little more like Drew Brees out there with his head on a swivel, looking at his options before he took off. And I think that's something that he's really improved on. You're seeing a guy really iron out his mistakes every game, and he's just building that snowball into greatness. And quite frankly. If you don't think he has it to to lead this team, he's shown shown so many flashes, and sometimes it's not consistent. Sometimes he misses reads. I've said it last week, and I'll say it again. And Rex is now saying it. This this is the guy for the future for Buffalo. You can't sneeze at two touchdowns plus a game. No. He's he's killing it. This is the guy. This is the guy we've all been asking for. And I think the greatest thing was that offense stuttered or sputtered in the second half, and it was just execution. I mean, they got a dumbass holding penalty, and it, it really set them back. You know, I remember early in the third quarter, and you know they hit, they just couldn't click. You know, the Robert Woods catch where he was out of bounds. Uh, there's another penalty, and it, it was just kind of like, no, 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 no. And the defense was holding it down, man. They were so holding it down forever. And I'm just like, yo, three points, three points. Just get three points. And then they get another touchdown. A missed extra point. Deacon tweeting me back and forth. Get tro- You know, we're not even trolling. We're that serious. I want to get into the kicker thing, like, right now. Oh. Speak. Banning gonna... the flames, Dave. We got we, we get into, like, our WWE personas on Twitter. We're like, what you going to do, brother, when I say I cut Dan Carpenter on you? People want to cut Dan Carpenter, and I'm telling Adam here that, like, nobody. What are you going to get? We've seen what these teams have went through early in the year. But he has a bunch of dumbass numbers to tell me to get me through this because he's a stack guy. And all right, so talk- I have every right, every right to be frustrated right now. And all all the other fans that are that are on this side of the fence with me, you're right to be here. Don't feel like you're wrong. 
okay, maybe maybe there's not a million great kickers floating around. But good God, we got a kickoff specialist. Guys missed eight kicks this year. And not only is it missed opportunities on the field, I'm not even in the stadium and I see these guys on the sidelines getting mad, like throwing helmets about these missed kicks. It's frustrating when you get a guy downfield and it doesn't work out. And it hasn't cost us a game yet, but it's definitely changed game plans. If we had a two possession lead, it's, you know, if we if it was 21-24 late in the game there, football would have been a little bit different, you know? Well, what I wonder though is what I worry like obviously I want those points up on the board, but at the end of the day, I think it was good for the team to have to go through that because it made them play. It made them not defensively take their, their foot off the gas and the, and the wreaking havoc. And you got guys like Bakari Rambo just making plays, getting the offensive ball back. You get down the field and you don't know if your kicker can make it. You're absolutely right because you're thinking, you know what, we might want to go for it. Or honestly, we might want to punt. And the tricky thing with Dan Carpenter is he's missed five field goals, actual field goals, not point after kicks and by the way nine four 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 field goals four extra points okay so nine point afters were missed yesterday legends like janikowski missed one you know it, it, it it's across the league and you gotta Janikowski, keep in mind, we know you're listening can't be doing it dog i got you on fantasy yeah seriously so what else do you have with your kicker numbers man i mean Right now, he's 25th in the league in field goal percentage, 27th in extra point percentage. It's just killing me because he doesn't kick off. That's that's why I'm as frustrated as I am with it. Right. There, there, you know, there's been spots where we really need to address depth. Especially our, now, man. Our our linebackers were are thin. Our our defensive line was thin. We which, made some pickups. Which, by the we way, some pickups, but Stewart went down early. Yeah, yeah. Stewart you know, we went got, down. We had Riddick playing. Um, Bradham's still day to day. He's got a he's got the high ankle sprain. He wants to get back out there. Rex says if there's a guy to play, yeah, it's gonna be Bradham. He's like a dude's tough as nails. So if he can play, he'll play. But I mean, we were. We were scraping the bottom of the barrel for running backs more than once this year. We were scraping the bottom of the barrel for wide receivers more than once this year. But we really don't have a lot to choose from. There there are some guys that might might come out of college that's not going to help us now. But I definitely look at it. I definitely look at it if I was in the front office. That's me. I think in Doug Whaley you trust here. Okay. And – I don't think they're going to bring in kickers now, but the last guy they brought in, which I forgot his name, that they ended up cutting quick, he was the best that the Bills could do, and he was awful as far as waiver wire, as far as free agents. He was just, frankly, awful. And it seems like he's missed a lot because my theory with this whole situation is this, and this is what I tried to explain to Adam a lot and 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 I have my own little conspiracy here. Here's what I think. Dan Carpenter beginning of the year he pulled his hamstring in train early training camp, right? Yes. So what happens? He comes back towards the end of training camp. So misses some misses some kicks. Rex is calling him out. Big time. Yeah. Like calling them out. They're bringing in other kickers, and Rex is calling them out. You know, I don't know if he deserved it at the time, but hey, you know, we're all like, yeah, you're a kicker, dude. Get your head out of your ass. We didn't expect this year to be how it is with, with point afters being missed. No. No, didn't see it coming at all. So, so you got Dan Carpenter. Now you got Rex Ryan in Dan's head. With everything turned up, and you're also still recovering from a hamstring, you don't know if he's retweaking it. I don't know. I don't know. He could be retweaking a hamstring. Everybody says hamstrings are sensitive. I mean, it's taking Lashawn McCoy out. 
Yeah. It takes everybody out because you have to let it rest for a while. And and it's like I look at Dan Carpenter. I, I think it's in his head, man. And they're saying that around the leagues, they, as in like a big general consensus is, the, 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 the kick after, the point after kick, being moved back has really screwed with a lot of the psyches of the kickers. And if you think about it, how many of these kickers ahead of Dan Carpenter, which I don't know, I haven't looked, I don't know where he popped up that stat, but I would like to know how many of these kickers are dome kickers. Because you could take them right off right, right off the table. Yeah, I'm saving that nugget and, for you. And and Rex said that in the presser earlier, too, that you know Dan can kick in the conditions, and that's one thing you really have to take into account. Because I'm over here with these guys talking about these guys coming out of college, maybe, and the number one guy on my list here is this uh, – this this guy from UCLA, Clemie uh, uh, Fairbairn, and you know he's he's got a nice looking stat sheet right now. He's twenty he's twenty for twenty two, long as sixty, but he's playing in UCLA. He's not playing in Buffalo. He's not in the Ralph, and they always talk about the swirling winds and all that. And you know, so I got I gotta give Dan Dan Carpenter credit where credits due. He, he, he kicks in some. Awful weather. The weather here sucks. If you're not from here, if you're if you're not from the Western New York area and you've never been, you want to come to a Bills game. Come early in the season. It gets brutal out there. The the worst is like a slow rain drizzle that that sucks worse than snow. But I mean, when I saw the Patriots kicker missing a kick and he's like the best in the league overall, he does booming kickoffs. He's he's the package. Uh, Gaskowski. Yeah, he's got he's got the big paycheck. Yeah, and, and he is awesome, right? When him and Dan Car- when Dan Carpenter misses a kick going in the same direction, going in one direction, and Gaskowski misses a kick. Did you going- just say one direction? Yes. I think I saw that on your iPod earlier. He really moved into the mic for that bad joke, but when Gaskowski misses the kick. In the same direction that Dan Carpenter did, it makes you feel a little bit better. It makes you feel like, okay, I guess it's not all that bad. Maybe Dan isn't that bad. I mean, everybody misses him sometimes. None of these guys are perfect. None of these guys are hitting 100%. See, if we didn't have the point after us being missed, we would feel everything is fine. We wouldn't even know that he's only missed four. That, but the point after us matter. And, and I, I read a little, a little thing... Uh, that Jay Feely wrote. He used to kick for the Bears and the Cardinals and like a thousand other teams. Oh yeah. Um, and he was saying that now that now that it's moved back like that, before it was just kind of this thing that was like systematic. You went in, you did it. It was like your warm ups for the game. You didn't even think about it. Now you're out there lining it up, trying to feel out the wind. It's it's a high pressure situation every time. They and still expect you to hit every single one of them. But it's not just that little go out there and, and dip it through, you know? To me, a kick that far now, it's like golf. You know, you don't – I mean, you got spin on the ball. To, and it just seems like Dan's kicks were to the right on a lot. Yes. And, and one his miss, his point after was missed because the laces were in. And that's on Colton Schmidt. Or was it the – actually, the field goal was missed because of that. Uh, I think it was the extra point. Either way, a kick that was missed. He kicked the laces one, somewhere in there. And it and it, that it was a thing against the Chiefs as well. Yeah. So you got to get a good holder. You got to get that ironed out. Th- those are – we should not be talking about that. And, and Rex Ryan, to Re- give you an idea, has backed him up. Yes, he has. But also Rex – if if you need me to come down there, get your coffee, kick your kick your footballs, wash your windows, whatever you need, give me a call. We know you're listening. I'll I'll clean your tires, man. I'll clean your rims. I'll give your give your truck a little polish action. Yeah. Don't get too cute with that. But all right. Either way, I thought I I thought the kicking game, you know, it, it just left you saying, "God damn it." <laughs> Come yeah. on, no. And then what you happened? Know, it, left, it left me saying some a little bit more colorful stuff than that. And then what happened? Oh, 
here come the Texans and they tie up the game. I'm gonna cut in here real quick and just be like, and just let let everyone know. I have I have a five year old son. You might have seen him on my Instagram or on my Twitter. And it's so funny watching watching Bills games with him because things happen. Dan Carpenter happens, and I I drop I drop some some words I'm not supposed to say. So all game you just hear, Daddy, Daddy, come on, Daddy. Don't say those words. It's great. It's great trying to like watch football with a little kid. Except not at all. I keep it I keep it PG thirteen, but still he knows. He knows the ones that he's not supposed to say. Not not so many F bombs, maybe S bombs. Keep it to a minimum. Yeah, that's so funny. I couldn't I mean the first words growing up I learned from my dad was fumble. So every time I see a fumble to this day, I, like, jump up and start screaming. And it's, like, it's so crazy, man. Like, like the Bills just drive you insane. And it's, like, I'm, I'm sick of this feeling that we're not going to turn it around. And one of these years when we're in this situation where we're at where you have to win out, God damn it, I want to win out. And I know I'm saying God damn it a lot on this one, but I'm sorry. It's what I talk. It's what I am. This is me. I don't know. Whatever. Hey, th- this is why we're here. This, this is, is why we're here. Cause, this is why we're here. Because you, you genuinely feel that way. Because we could be, you know, some some geeky show, like, reading reading the stat chart right off to you. And... and we're definitely not reading it right off a spiral binder that's written in ink that I can't read. This hey, no, I took bad. notes. I'm saying we're, we're, we're giving you... We're giving you the fan perspective, and I, I I like what we do here. I'm going to compliment us for a change. I usually I usually cut us down. I'm going to talk us up. I think we got a really cool flow, you and I, because you we get a different perspective. You listen to a lot of radio. You're a season ticket holder. You go to all the home games. I usually watch from home. I only get out to the game once or twice a year. I read more articles online. I, I get on the message boards. I get into the to the groups on, on social media, this and that. Um, and we really both get like a, a, a different perspective of like the pulse of the fan base. You're out there at the game. I'm, I'm conversating in, in some of the bigger groups online. Um, and you want to talk pulse of the fan base. I mean, you saw that Snapchat. There was definitely a dude pulsing somebody else oh. <laughs> in the grass parking lot. I, uh, I might've, I might have gotten some people to think a little bit less of me about that online this morning, by the way. Whatever. Celebrate. This is good times. This is a Buffalo win, man. I just, I just, I posted it online today. I said, if Shorty looked right, I'd smash too. And guess what? I did the little 100 emoji. You know me. Yeah, that's right. Big L, rest in peace. hundred percent. But like, really, when I'm (laughs) thinking, that was out of nowhere. But what I'm thinking is. If these if this team goes five and zero for the stretch, stop laughing at me. I'm trying to be serious. If this team goes five and zero, the Bills have an eighty three percent chance of getting into the playoffs. Yes, things have to fall their way. The Steelers need to lose. They got. I want them to lose a couple. And I got to tell you something. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna totally ruin it for everybody because it's not gonna come to fruition now that I say it. But damn it, you're watching Big Ben last night, and he is hobbling every so often. And I'm His arm for... is still so sick, though. He's still got a cannon. Oh, right? man. I had to turn off the game. I'm like, I'm going to bed. I'm trying to root for the Colts here. Hasselbeck is getting annihilated. Pretty, Not even triple digits in the first half for passing. Two interceptions on, like, three throws at the point I was watching. And it's like, okay. I don't, I don't know what to think here. So... I'm just hoping the Steelers lose, but the Steelers are looking good. But the Bills need to just worry about themselves, keep winning. Uh, Jeremy White on WGR and Howard Simon on WGR, they were talking about you really kind of actually might want to root for the Jets here because of strength of schedule. Strength of schedule meaning if the Jets win until that final game, okay, and the Bills beat them, they will have a stronger strength of schedule than the Steelers do because they end up if the Bills end up with the same record as the Steelers and the Jets lose a bunch of games, you're gonna have a weird situation because you have to have a, a minimum of four common games for common games to count 
for or common opponents, I should say, between the Bills and the Steelers when it comes down to the playoff race. What it means in layman's terms, when all the records are tied, okay, if, say, one of the teams are going up against is the Steelers, the first thing you look at is common opponents. The same thing we kind of do in the division, okay, mm-hmm. for if everybody's tied up. So what happens if that metric doesn't meet a minimum of four common opponents, then you go to strength of victory. So what happens here is the Steelers and the Jets come into the picture because the Jets, you want them to kind of win so that strength of the opponent metric is up. That way it gives the Bills an edge for beating a quote-unquote better team, and that should knock the Steelers out. I think if the Steelers lose to the Denver Broncos and the Cincinnati Bengals can show up and just whoop some ass, we don't got to worry about the Steelers. The Oakland Raiders just lost to the Chiefs. I would have rather have had the Chiefs win. At the same time, the Chiefs still can lose. I mean, as you can see with the Eagles against the Patriots, there's no way you could predict that outcome of the Eagles pretty much making the Patriots look like a different team. And not for nothing, this is why they play the damn games. And this is why you must have faith in your team. We're constantly preaching, looking at the positives. Do you have anything to interject here before I keep motoring? I'm, I mean, I just agree with what, what you were just saying. Right, so any, any, any given week, you know, you're going to have a guy matched up against another guy that might be the key to winning that game. You know, you might have a team, and the, the Eagles and the Patriots are the prime example. I, I was kind of flipping through. I didn't watch most of it, but... You get the right matchups. You got that game. It doesn't matter what the standings say. It matters what, what what you what you do on that field. And you might get you might get a guy that just has has your number. The you most know? overused phrase is so true. Any given Sunday, you know, any 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 game. I mean, we've seen so many upsets in our life, and, and just as many times as you watch the Bills as the easy, easiest example, blow it. Can also give you should give you reverse hope that hey we've seen it done. Example this year is the Tennessee Titans game. They came back, and and, and Tyrod just took over, or even the Bills coming back against the Jaguars. And frankly, that pass interference call as we talked blew it. And you could say the Bills. You know how should, I talk myself you know? into that situation? I think back to EJ versus the Panthers. Hitting Stevie Johnson in the back corner of the end zone for the win. I was just like, if EJ can do it, it, it could definitely happen anywhere else. This is true. This is true. But we're here having faith. And it's I love like, that play, though. I love that play. It was so. Don't forget about so the big pass interference call though. Before that, that got him there to get that ball off. Hey, you know it is what it is, and the Bills can't catch some breaks. So again, the positive Peters over here. I'm psyched, man, because the Bills' defense showed up. Bakari Rambo showed up at the end of the game big, making some big a big hit. And you know what? Dan Carpenter redeemed himself because the offense finally turned itself around. And Charles Clay got his big redemption, too. He had that he had that one ball fly right through his hands. I was, oh, I was livid. There was a guy in front of him, though. Yeah, I, yeah. I think he, he, that's the second time he's – kind of done that with the guy near him i don't know he had his hands up he had both hands up and kind of hit his top hand and just like went over it it happens but he he had the nice 40 yard touchdown grab now a big critique on tyrod taylor which is great about that pass to clay is he's been people say he never throws it over the middle of the field he never people find in buffalo Something to complain about. And you know I, what? I feel like every time one of those complaints kind of like catches on, though, the next week he just does it to prove he can. What can't? What hasn't? That got- pass to Sammy that got negated over a bullshit holding call. That was totally down the middle. Yeah. And, and another pass to Charles Clay to end the game, in the alligator yeah. arm one too, was definitely over the middle. Yeah. And. Yeah. He's just answering, man. His head is on a swivel this he's, game. He's, he's making over the bigger middle. reads. He can, he can hit those sidelines. 
He can he can throw long. He can throw short. What's on here is the timing of the offense. And and again, a genius game plan for Greg Roman. We saw a lot of new things to put on tape. And guess what that means? More shit yeah, for, for for everybody that to study we're, around. We're the getting in. We're getting into the into the back of the playbook now. We're seeing some of these. Uh, and you have to execute step one and step two and step three before you get to step seven, eight, nine, and ten. And it's nice right. to see them doing that. And that goes on the defensive side of the ball as well. And you have to do that. And, and Mario Williams, Rex said it, only dropped into coverage twice. So for Mario Williams wanting to keep talking shit about we're doing the same old things, guess what, dude? You guys won the game, so I don't know, man. I don't want to talk shit to Mario Williams, but if he really isn't buying in, dude, big picture-wise, I think you got to buy in. If you want to be here next year, you better be buying in because everybody else seems to be, and you got guys like Bakari Rambo making a name for themselves, and maybe by the end of the year, it doesn't even look like Aaron Williams will be back. And don't even think it's a conspiracy, which is what I was thinking, that maybe they want to keep Aaron Williams sideline. Nah, man, it's a nerve thing. It's spinal cord shit, right, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken? Yeah. That's serious stuff. You don't want to mess with it. He's going to start conditioning next week, and Rex is like, yeah, he ain't coming back this game. And it, Rock said it. It's about a 50-50. That's the situation they're in for Aaron Williams. So if he's ready to go, I'd, what like, to Bakari, him, what I'd if, like to see Aaron Williams in the playoffs if if we're there and he's ready to And go. you want to get crazy, great. crazy talk? I'm going to throw this shit on the wall. You heard it first, December 7th, out of my damn mouth. Numbillsfan.com. Numbillsfan.com. And what if Bakari Rambo plays out of his mind? And it's like, Aaron Williams, man, you got to restructure your contract. Okay. Could that happen? I don't see why not. Depends who they want to bring in. And at the same time, Mario Williams is due a lot of money next year. And I don't know the exact numbers, but... 19-something. Really? I thought it was 12. Or No, 19 would be the cap hit. Okay. So he's going to be looking to get restructured, I think. But we don't need to get into that yet. All I want is, is a... You know, watching Rex's Monday afternoon press conference today, hearing him talk about the offense coming together, I was almost in, I was frankly almost in like tears, man. I was so sad, or, or like, not sad, I was so happy because you're you're hearing about this team coming together. You're hearing about, yeah, you should have seen it, Eric Wood and Tyrod Taylor and LaShawn McCoy and so-and-so else was out there getting the timing right for the Wildcat. And, you know, they're spending 20 minutes on one play out there, which that one play also evolves into a few other plays. And timing, 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 timing. And then you're seeing Robert Woods and, and, and Jonathan Meeks, the defensive back, who's a safety. He's working on covering Robert Woods on, on a route, and which ended up being the Robert Woods touchdown. It's on Rex, Rex Ryan's presser, and it's like, the way he animates and paints a picture, it's like, God damn, finally, we have a team where these guys, and I'm sure guys say late all the time and it's not noted, but, you know, it's awesome to see these guys want to get together without the coaches there because the coaches can't be there thanks to the awesome CBA that's worked out. And there's only so much time they have with the coaches, but it's nice to see them get together, really take the season to heart and realize that Rex Rex pretty much defines it as I've never seen a team like this team wants to win more than anybody right now. Like they are so hungry, they are so focused, and I cannot wait to see them bring it all the way to the Eagles, all the way to the Cowboys against Matt Castle. It, it's drop that elbow on the Redskins. Oh, the hell out of here and and the thing that we saw in this game is we saw all three phases come together the problem that we had is it felt like the offense sputtered in in, in the second half we wanted yeah, more third points quarter was again though we would have had three more points if dan carpenter would have made hey, us breathe a little bit okay 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 don't get me started again but you, you know because we would have been up with two scores and but dan redeemed himself at the end of the game what else do you got you got some more on your sheet, I see. So, I mean, yeah, is I mean, there any other points right, or? We bought right. The oh, the the one thing I'm, the one thing I'm really most concerned with at this point is 
my man Gilly in his shoulder. Had an MRI today. Stefan Gilmore. Hopefully back before the end of the season. Not going to be back this week. And that worries me. I definitely you you definitely saw the Texans offense pick up once he hit once he hit the locker room. I thought Leo played good though when he was in there, man. Like he popped in. Yeah, yeah, he and- he plugs right in. He's he's good at what he does. He he's just one more starting cornerback. We have we have a plethora of starting cornerbacks. I mean, Roby is so good. I mean, these guys are good. Darby, you could say he got torched a little bit from from DeAndre Hopkins, but I mean, that's DeAndre Hopkins. He looks good. He's been catching a lot of stuff, and you know Hoyer looked like a different quarterback to me than the other years we watched him. He looked good. Yeah, I thought he was smart, and I just feel overall the Bills showed us what they could be. I mean, you got Lashawn McCoy lighting it up. You got Tyra Taylor just doing enough. You're getting, you're knocking them in the mouth with the run game, and that's something that in the second half they did not get a good jump on first down on their first first of three down drives. Like a lot of times, Shady was barely making it back to the line of scrimmage, and I felt a lot of guys overall stepped up. But it, it just felt like a long Jekyll. I didn't want another Jekyll Hyde game from the offense, and and that's what I was worried. I'm glad they spun off of that and and, and took the game back and in the control, took advantage of their opportunities, and that's what we want to see because if they can keep that same game plan against the Eagles, keep. Not literally the same game plan, but just keep rolling. Never give up faith and just keep going. I think they can knock off a lot of teams, and they could go for a run. I'm ready. They can only control what they can control, and that's winning. I'm ready for it. I'm ready to be winners. NumbillsFan.com Follow us on Twitter. I'm NumbillsAdamD. Dave is NumbillsFan. And we'll be back Thursday to give you a little bit closer look at what's going on with Bills versus Eagles. Uh, Look forward to it. I can't wait. This is going to be a huge game for Shady McCoy. And, you know, a lot of – he's a Pennsylvania kid. You know, Rex elaborates on that. But if you know anything about him, he's been a PA kid all the way through college. He's from PA. And, you know, he played for the Eagles – he played for Pitt, and he was done dirty, frankly. He was done dirty. And I, under- I understand exactly why he's not happy with the situation, but God, I'm glad he's here. I hope, you know, he seems to call shit how it is, and, and frankly, I hope that he's, I know that he's got to be in the meetings with the coaching staff. He's got to be, yeah, this is the tendencies, this is what Chip likes to do. He's not a stupid-ass football player, man. He's a very bright kid. No, he's definitely deep, elbows deep in this game plan. You can can guarantee that. I'm not in the room, but I don't need to be. That's common sense. sense. If you're a good coach, you're going to use your resources. You know what I mean? So I'm sure they they were already smart and probably he probably gave him some tips to look at stuff from a while back. But, again, a lot of these coaches – know the systems and principles already so you know what shady might add they might already have 90 percent of it already but now shady's going to really iron out completely the philosophies and, and and the trigger points and everything to look at so i really hope that this game turns out against the eagles prime my girlfriend wants to go to the game she offered to buy tickets and all that I gotta be honest with you. I am scared to death of Philly fans. I'd rather go to a Patriots game than a Philly Philly game and root for my <laughs> team. Seriously, I am not looking to get stabbed. I know this ain't the Bay Area, but like, man, Philly fans are assholes. You know what? Just just go to the game and just wear all black. Just wear all black. <laughs> I'm gonna wear my EJ Manual salute to service number three camo, and I put it this way: I am so scared to go to an Eagles game. That, like, even if I dressed up as an Eagles fan and cheered for the Eagles and, and booed when shit didn't go right for the Bills, I feel like I would still be sniffed out. <laughs> you know what Philly I mean? Philly fans are wild, man. They really are. Well, dude, they're, they're, they're douchebags. I mean, Jim hey. Rome is going on. 
Jim Rome was going on about it forever. You know what I mean about Philly fan, but all right. I'm really done here. Numb Bills fan on Twitter. Numb Bills fan Adam D. Say what's up. That's me. NumbBillsFan.com. Oh, Jinx, you owe me a Coke. Chorus and sync. Yep. Okay. Anyhow, we're out of here. We'll see you Thursday. Thanks for listening. Ciao, ciao.